Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links in WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for joining and tuning in to another episode of the Hitting Hardwood podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Jack Borman um, from Canis Hoopus, my, my fellow fellow Canis Hoopus sir, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, Jack, welcome and, and thank you for joining. Absolutely, man. I'm happy to be here. Jack, if you could, um, let's start by maybe doing a little bit of an introduction to yourself and where people can find you on social media, on, on find your work and and all the above. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm the the site manager, editor in chief of of Canis Hoopus. Um, so this is my second my second full link season. Um, you know, covering the team as uh, as site manager. Um, third third season overall. Um, you can you can find me on Twitter at jrborman13. Um, and yeah, all my, all my stuff's at Canis, so I'm not not bouncing around anywhere. Um, and, and yeah, like uh, you know, I grew up watching. Um, you know, the dynastic teams that, that the Lynx had. And, and, and it was super fortunate to, you know, to be able to, to make it to all those playoff games and, um, and just be able to, to follow that team pretty closely because um, Lord knows the Timberwolves weren't sniffing um, anything good at that, at that time. So, um, so it was just super fun to have, have winning basketball to, to support um, in, in the cities and, um and has been has been a blast to cover just getting to know so many great people and um and just being able to to kind of help build um you know in my biased opinion the the best um outlet for uh for links coverage um over over at canis so um certainly uh it's going to be a, a really fun season obviously we'll get into that but um but i think when you you compare some of the some of the outlook to this season compared to last season and what it was like to to cover it um you know frankly it was pretty draining like a lot of the losses were just um you know the same the same kind of game script and it you can only write the same thing so many times and you could just kind of feel how badly everybody wanted it to work and change for for still and it just didn't happen um so now that now that they don't have kind of the that added pressure um, I think it'll be it'll be pretty fun to follow what what should be um, a team that's got a really you know interesting and fun mix of veterans and and, and rookies that that we met today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last uh, for I guess for the listeners um, who aren't familiar, last year I think was probably well we've we've kind of been uh, last few years kind of introduced to each other. Um, I'm kind of in and out with with going to to games with living in, in central Minnesota, but. Um, we kind of got introduced to each other last year, and and we we talked um, earlier this off season. I think it was was it? Yeah, it was yeah. earlier this off season. Feels like it was yeah. a long time ago. Um, earlier this off season about <laughs> I think about it was me. like right after the season ended, the link season ended last. Okay, year. yeah, I, the the months and the days and the years are just all <laughs> combining together. But um, we 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 started talking about about me potentially joining the the Canis team, and and you know I've I've enjoyed. You know, not work, not only just working with with link stuff with you, but I, I know I've, I've initially helped a little bit of wolves stuff and and working with the rest of the team there. And I I know specifically with with the links coverage, it's it's been a lot to a lot of fun to work with you and Leo and and the rest of the crew. And um, I'm I'm excited for what we what we're gonna do, what we already have done, but what we're gonna continue to do during the season. And and I I agree. I'm I'm a little biased that I think it it is one of the one of the best outlets, if not the best outlet for, for links coverage. And, um, you know, it, it, 
it's been fun. So thank you for for giving me the chance to to join the team. Absolutely, man. It, we're we're super happy to to have you, and um, yeah, you know, and 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 obviously been been a ton of fun to to get to know you too. So um, it'll, it'll be even more fun this season now that um, you know, I think now that um, you know, you're kind of <clears throat> excuse me, kind of steering into some some uncharted waters a little bit, if you will, with with so many unknowns and so many things to to find out and uh, and cover, which will be a ton of fun. Yeah. Well, let's let's go right into that with with kind of this team and in the off season so far. I know, um, you know, I've, I've talked to a few other people um, in previous weeks' podcasts that about the off season. It's it's been for a lot of people underwhelming. I mean, I, I think a lot of people came into the off season thinking that Minnesota would do more than they have. Um, now, is it good or bad that they've you know have been relatively quiet? That is yet to be seen. I mean, they. You know, looking back at the draft, they were busy on draft night. But as far as acquiring players in other forms, on in free agency, Tiffany Mitchell's really the only new new player, and they they did retain um, a majority of the other free agents. But you know, a lot of people are kind of underwhelmed. They're they're waiting for Minnesota to make that move, and and that that had you know hasn't come. And I don't know if it will before the season. And what I guess, what are your thoughts on on the off season so far? Not even. They're not really even including the draft. We'll get to that in a little bit. But how about just, you know, before the draft, the the, the outlook of this team? Yeah, I think just as it pertains to, to moves and roster moves, I'm pretty surprised that Ariel Powers is still um, a member of the Lynx. Um, you know, I think in, in on-the-record conversations, both um, Cheryl and, um, and Ariel both kind of alluded indirectly to the fact that um, you know, things may be coming to an end, um, with, um, you know, just those two, two parties, um, and Eric, and I remember, uh, AP posted something on Instagram after the season last year. And that was like, that surely feels like a goodbye and not a thanks for a great season. We'll see you next year. Um, and you know, you just have to wonder like if the links, um, you know, made trade calls around the league and just didn't get any, any bites, um, just considering, um, considering the contract there. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I think that that probably, you know, prevented them from doing other things that they would have wanted to do. Um, like if they could have split that contract up into two, um, whether that be, you know, maybe a, a protected contract and an unprotected contract to a point where, okay, you can release a player potentially and, and get some more flexibility to be able to sign, um, you know, maybe not a max player, but, you know, a, a player definitely, um, you know, in that 125 to 175,000 range. Um, so, so I think that probably, um, you know, kind of lowered the ceiling of what they're able to do, um, in terms of their roster moves outside of the draft. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, them being able to, to bring back Lindsay Allen and, and Rachel and DD all on trading camp contracts, I think was, was, was good business for them. And, and being able to, you know, re-sign uh, BC on a protected deal, I think was probably probably good for both parties, considering, um, you know, just you, you'd hope that, that BC would be able to play a little bit better this year and kind of a more spread out um, system where her three-point shooting and, and attacking off the catch will be relied upon pretty heavily. Um, and, and I don't, I, I and I think the biggest thing with the Lynx was, they didn't do anything to really like restrict their future in any way, which I think is a, a great place to be. If, if you're not a team that's going to, you know, be expected to, uh, 
you know, to compete for a title. And I certainly don't think the Lynx will be expected to compete for a title. Um, so, I mean, you just look at their books. Um, I mean, Fee is the only player um, that isn't a rookie who has, um, you know, money on the books beyond 2024. So um, I, I think overall, like if you're a rebuilding team, I think what the Lynx did was smart. And, um, and, and I think they, you know, are going to be in a place now where, it'll just all be about development. And, um, and I think that that's going to be going to be fun to, to watch play out. You think, you know, you're talking about um, going back to the aerial powers, uh, you know, kind of trade, or maybe, you know, a lot of people thought maybe she'd get packaged in a deal. Um, do you think that, you know, whether it was maybe a, you know, no interest or I guess, what do you, what do you think, was you know why didn't that work out why didn't they you know why weren't they able to package up a, a pick and a player pick and you know maybe a couple picks to to move in this draft because it almost seemed like that was inevitable at the beginning of the offseason it's like okay they're gonna move something but that never came do you think it was maybe a lack of interest do you think maybe this was what they wanted to do all along what what is your opinion on that yeah I think my opinion on that is like I mean I mean Cheryl is Cheryl like she's you know um, like, I think the writing was kind of on the wall that Brianna Stewart was going to go to the Liberty, you know, even dating back to last off season, but, you know, um, be, because she's Cheryl still got a meeting with, with Brianna Stewart and like, she, she has the respect of the league. And, um, and, and I mean, a lot of players around the league, um, you know, understand that, that Minnesota really is a, is a destination in the WNBA and that their facilities are top tier. You get to play for, you know, arguably the greatest coach in league history who also coaches the national team. Um, and, you know, get to play with somebody like fee who is, who's pretty universally beloved around the league. Um, and I, I think that, you know, my, my view of the situation would just be that if, if the links knew that they would be able to sign a free agent, um, you know, as a result of, of making a, a trade, I think they would have been more motivated potentially to package um, the number two pick or, you know, the the 12 and the 16 or, or whatever the numbers were um, in, in trying to be more aggressive to look to get off of AP. But I think that's more of a win now move anyways, just in that, you know, if, if you're going to have a pathway for young players to, to play and be able to develop, um, you know, I I think you probably don't want to jeopardize that just to move powers with one year left on her contract. It's just like objectively not great business. Um, and I think the only reason you would have traded powers would have just been like, you feel really strongly about being able to turn, um, you know, turn AP into a player or two players that you felt would really be able to help the team win now. And also, you know, clear up cap space to be able to sign a, you know, whether it would be like a Brianna Jones or, um, or, or somebody like that, that it's just like a big name clearly fits, has a relationship with, with Cheryl, um, you know, that type of thinking. So I, I think it was more than anything, just like, a the, the cost that it would have been to get off of that contract just didn't make sense considering what their outlook as a team were and, and what the interest level from, um, you know, from free agents on the market in Minnesota probably was. And I know a lot of people too, they, they thought that Minnesota should try and, every, you know, everybody's been talking about trade to next year, trade, trade picks for a pick next year or trade to package for next year. Obviously everybody wanted to do that and everybody still wants to do that 
in a ideal world that maybe would have taken place where Minnesota trades the, you know, the second overall pick and maybe another pick moves to 2024 and gets maybe one of the top picks. I mean, that's, that's what everybody's trying to do. They want one of those top players that are potentially going to be coming out in 2024, that being Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers. But I don't think that I, me personally, I, I think that they, when it comes specifically to the draft picks or even trying to make a trade, I think that they wanted to move, but I don't think anybody wanted to move to 2024. And I don't think anybody even wanted to move to 2025 because you have the potential that some of those players or maybe even one of those players in 2024 holds out until 2025. So they, they were kind of, they of all years to have the number two pick or have five picks in the draft. It was probably not this one. Um, But I mean, they still got some, some talented, you know, prospects and, and I mean, Having what they, I mean, coming out of the draft with what they got, I, I think that, you know, it's it for for having not being able to make a trade. I think that, you know, it all worked out for them. But absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, and Cheryl said it today, like if you would have told me in November that this is the haul that we would have gotten with our draft class, I think all of us would have been really excited about that. Um, and, and, you know, that that includes me, too. Like I I'm super excited now that that this is what this draft class is. And, and I think. You know, it's the it's the philosophy that mo- like, you know, money today is worth more than money tomorrow. And um, it, it's certainly worth more than money tomorrow when, you know, if draft picks is this currency, then, um, you know, money today is certainly worth more than money tomorrow because Caitlin Clark has not committed to coming out of Iowa next year. And, you know, and I was and I was talking with with the great Sloan Martin about this today, too, and that, you know, uh, Caitlin Clark plays on national TV every single time she steps on the floor. Um, and that, that is between the big 10 network ESPN, uh, or maybe Fox and, and Fox sports one. Now I'm not quite sure what the college sports TV contracts look like in the big 10. I think they changed this past, um, like in the last year or something like that. But, um, you know, that's just not the case in the WNBA. Um, you'd have to have WNBA league pass to catch majority of, of the Lynx games. Um, and and I do genuinely think that a player's name, image, and likeness value goes down once they get to the WNBA because there are less eyeballs on uh, you know, on the sport uh, than than women's college basketball just because of the the national television exposure. And frankly, I don't think the league has done a good enough job on being able to capitalize on the, the rapid growth that's women's basketball has been experiencing. And I and I think. You know, like you see the the dream owner um, acknowledging that on on Twitter this week too. Like people people aren't you know it, it's not a situation where people don't know that this is going on. Um, and, and in the summer, like you have to compete with um, you know the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, getting ready for football season. Like um, whereas you know during the winter, it's pretty much just like all basketball and hockey. Uh, and I I mean it's just so hard to put all your eggs into one basket of team building, like one draft, especially with, you know, not knowing what's going to happen. Like, you know, you could have a situation like what happened to Natalie Achanwa, where like you could, you could have all your eggs in in one basket, you know, gunning to get one of two or three players and um, you know, three weeks before the draft or a month before the draft in the NCAA tournament, the playoffs, like someone blows out their knee or someone suffers a, a significant injury that could, hurt your stock and and derail their entire draft plan. I mean, 
I think it's just such a difficult sport to be a, a general manager in because of those types of decisions that you have to make. And um, I, I think what the Lynx did in terms of understanding that they'd have some runway to be able to play some rookies this year and be able to make out with uh, with who they made out with in the draft this year, I, I think um, – you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to be critical by any means, but I, I think you'd have to consider that pretty, pretty good process and pretty good outcome too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you kind of mentioned this leads into my next question, um, you know, talking about the draft and in your, you mentioned um, the press conference today, that was the, the introductory press conference um, for all the rookies that was held at target center. Um, Jack, you were, you were there. What, what do you think of that? And what do you think of the, the, I mean, well, they did introduce five. There was four there, um, but the, the five rookies that that Minnesota ended up selecting. What was your overall thoughts on that? Yeah, it was great for me to see another eagle. Um, and Taylor, Taylor Sewell, she she appreciated my uh, my BC shout out there, um, which was which was fun. But um, yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing that stood out to me about about the four that that really spoke was just how much personality they have and how confident they are in themselves as as people and as basketball players, which is really cool to see. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, they, they seem much more like sure of themselves and in what they're bringing to the table, um, than, you know, than, than draft classes in, in years past. Um, and I think that that's just because it's going to be an environment where not only can they compete, but there's like a legitimate path to them being able to contribute right away. Like I would be shocked if Diamond Miller and, and Dorky Yuhas were not playing in the first game of the season as pretty significant contributors. Um, and I think that those two are absolute locks to be on the roster, um, you know, unless something happens during training camp that that really pushes the links off, of course, there. Um, and I thought it was interesting, too, like Cheryl Reeve didn't have to say, if you watched our team last year, you'd know that we need somebody like Bree Beal like that. That's an aggressive statement to make if if you have you know a, a decent amount of doubt that you could cut that player in in three weeks um so i, I thought that was a pretty big uh vote of confidence from from cheryl reeve and brie beal and um and i asked cheryl on draft night you know just like how beneficial is it for you to be able to leverage the relationships that you have with gino ariema and with don staley to get um you know information about dorka and about beal or uh, brie respectively and um, and she said it was like huge and, and, and brings her a, a comfort level there and, and their evaluations and the information that they're getting. And, and for her to, to pick those two players, um, you know, especially after, you know, conferencing with those coaches, I think says a lot too about, um, about some of the brightest and, and, and best minds in, in basketball. Um, you know, there's, there's a two-way belief in both of those players, which is, which is cool. So, um, and Diamond Miller, man, she is going to be a riot to to cover. Um, she she's hilarious. Um, totally not afraid to to be herself and be the life of the party wherever she goes. Um, had a had a couple of of awesome moments there. Um, there was that, and there was a, a reporter, I believe, from Roanoke, Virginia, down there near um, near Virginia Tech that uh, brought the the Soul Train nickname from from Taylor Soul from. Uh, from Virginia Tech to Minnesota, and Taylor joked that she wasn't sure if that was going to make its way to Minnesota, but it but it did, and that that got a good laugh in the uh, in the in the atrium there. So um, overall, just it, it was a really fun day, just because I think 
you know, I mean, you've covered a bunch of these things. Like it can be super dull because there just aren't a lot of personalities involved and everybody's kind of shy and they probably haven't gotten much sleep. They're in their probably third city in four days. And, um, but that was like, not at all what the case was today. It was super lively, full of energy and personality. And, and that's, what's going to make it uh, more fun for us this season, which is going to be great. I think for, for kind of the first time that I can remember in the last few years, um, you know, you, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, you legitimately can see where there's a path for rookies to develop on this team and not saying that that's a knock on the links because they've had, you know, arguably the best starting five ever, um, you know, during their dynasty years. And they, they needed veterans to surround them with at that time to continue to put championship caliber teams together. So they didn't need rookies. They didn't need developmental pieces. They needed to win now where now they're, you know, they're, they're trying to turn the page and they're, they, you know, in years past, maybe one or well, for sure, one, maybe two rookies would make the final roster this year. It could be three. It could be, you know, it, who knows? Maybe it's four. Um, obviously, Maya Hirsch is not going to be playing this this season. So she kind of is left out of that. But, you know, the, it it's going to be kind of weird. I mean, it's, it's going to be weird to cover this team and see the links in this kind of transition period in the development phase. Um, and I think it's going to be a learning process for everybody. It's going to be a learning process for the fans to watch it. It's going to be a learning process for Cheryl because she's never really had to deal, you know, necessarily with this amount of, of young players. Um, but with that said, what, what do you think, what do you think this, this roster looks like? And what do you think that this team will look like? Um, you know, maybe let's start with that at the beginning of the year, but, you know, it could progress into, you know, the, depending on the development of the rookies, but what do you think that this team will will look like with the players on the roster and the rookies that are coming in? Yeah. I, I think I feel confident sitting here today that, that the first three will make the team this year. Um, and again, like I haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to many people, um, you know, inside the organization since, since the draft um, with, with how much wolf stuff has been, has been flying around since, since I cover both teams. Um, but but I, I just like reading the tea leaves from today and um, and, and seeing who else is on the roster. Like, I, I think today was just, you know, that that Brie Beal comment was was especially noteworthy from Cheryl there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at look at Dorka at, at six, four, six, five, um, I mean, I'm six, three and she felt like she was towering above me. Um, and and she, I mean, she's the tallest player on the team. Um, because Jess is, is six, six, three, six, six, four. Um, and, but, but, you know, like, isn't somebody that, that plays, you know, like, it isn't, isn't like a Maya Hirsch who's, who's, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, really athletic jumpy six, five that can really get up there where Jess is more of a bruiser and, and does a really good job defending, um, defending down low in the post. Um, having somebody like Dorka that that's more of a, a true rim protector, I think is going to help. And, and, and Milich is only six, three. Um, so I, I, that's why I think Dorka is going to play quite, quite a bit, unless there's some signing coming down the pipe that, that, that we, we aren't aware of yet. Um, but, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, and, and you think too, about, about the fact, like, um, we don't know if Kayla McBride is going to be back in time for for any training camp with with her season over in Istanbul. Um, and, and if Kayla's not back, you know, then then you 
especially look more at, at Bree as, as someone and, and Taylor Sewell too, who, who um, uh, or Taylor Sewell, excuse me, who will have the opportunity to, to be able to really compete and separate themselves in training camp um, just with a lot of other players that are on training camp contracts. I mean, you look at it, um, the Lynx have six players on training camp contracts and, and Milich was signed for, for 90, just how Clarendon was last year. Um, but Clarendon didn't make the team. So, um, so if you're looking for like my roster projection, I, I would say that, that the first three make, uh, make the team and Miller, Uhas and, and Beal, but that I would not be surprised at all if, if Taylor soul really stood out and, um, and earned a spot over, um, over like a Demiris Dantis or, or a Lindsay Allen, or, or maybe even a Rachel Bantam. Um, if, if Cheryl felt like, um, you know, that, that player would be able to give her more, um, than, than what, you know, some of the incumbent players would, would be, but I, I'd say, yeah, like Miller Locke, I think she should probably start on day one. Um, and and I think Yuha, I think you can make an argument that that Yuha's could start uh, on day one too. If 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 her shooting, especially, um, if you feel better about that than you do about um, than you do about Jess Shepard next to Fee, um, then then maybe that's a, a look you go with. But um, yeah, it'll be pretty interesting to see how we kind of see Cheryl's trust line evolve because you know that. The DD and, and and Rach have been with with Cheryl for a while now, um, and, and Allen was fantastic down the stretch of last season too. So, I, I think trying to balance this share of of rookies and and legitimate vets. I mean, Kayla Kayla McBride, Natalie John Wafee, um, Tiffany Mitchell, those are all great vets um, to, for rookies to have too. So it's so it's a great environment for for rookies to be able to be in with how competitive it's going to be and the veterans you have available. I think that I mean every offseason you have this, and I know Cheryl has has done this too in, in years past, where after draft night or you know, maybe even you know, at the post post-draft press conference or even introductory press conference, they all talk about, oh, these rookies have a chance. So they have, you know, they have a chance to 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 make the final roster when that's maybe not legit. This year, for I think maybe one of the first years that I can remember, that's that's legit. Like these these players legitimately have that. a chance. Yeah. Yeah, she said it hasn't been the case in years past. She wasn't afraid to admit that. Right. And and I think that if if you're going to if there's any year to kind of do, you know, to kind of take a step back and take inventory of the team and and maybe kind of take a fine-tooth comb of each player in the roster breakdown, this year's the year. I mean, it, let's be honest, the Lynx aren't going to win a title this year. They're not, they're not well, I I shouldn't say never say never, but I I personally don't think they're going to be you know be competing for a championship this year, right. which is okay. Everybody goes through that, but you know I I do think that in order to to make this thing successful, you know a year, two years, three years down the road, they they really have to take a hard look at some of the players that are currently on the roster too. Um, yeah, I, I I guess what you know when it when it comes to the to the twenty twenty three expectations. Do you do you think that this team will be any better than last year? I'll, I'll just flat out say, do you think that it, at the end of the year will Minnesota be a bottom four team again in, in the you know in the lottery, or do you think that that they do make some steps in the right direction? I certainly think they make some steps in the right direction. Um, you know, I don't know if that means making the playoffs. Um, 
but I, I do think that this team will be better than last year just because with how banged up Sill was last year, I think this version of Fee full go is going to be better than what Sill was last year. And Fee isn't as reliant upon, you know, other players to be successful as Sill was in the sense that you needed to have really good entry passing. And the Lynx just didn't really have that last season. And so that really kind of um, puts a cap on the impact that Sill can have. Like it, it's hard to tell Sill like, hey, you're, 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 the way you're going to get the ball is to go get it off the glass and then put it back in. Like that's, that's just hard to do. Whereas fee, you know, is going to be such a focal point of everything that they do and doesn't, you know, need other players to help get her going. And like, that's not a knock whatsoever on Sill. She's the greatest well-posed player in league history. Um, but, but yeah, I think that you, you think about that. You think about the fact that, that Kayla will be here for the whole year and will be playing, um, you know, on the first game of the season, she said that during exit interviews last year. Um, and then you, you think too, just about, you know, this team's going to be playing, I, I think a more preferred style of basketball for Cheryl, which is a five out um, or at least, you know, get bigs in the high post at the very least and, and be able to cut and drive and play off of that with a lot of space. And I think that should really help fee. You think about how much speed Tiffany Mitchell has and how great she is when she can get going downhill same for AP. You'd hope that this would be a better year for AP considering she'll have more space to work. Um, I, I think it would be hard for this team to be worse than they were last year. Um, you know, despite how much change they've, they've undergone. Um, and what, and, and it, at the very least, I think the vibes around this team will be a lot better. And, and that in, 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 of itself is a huge step in the right direction because last year was just tough. I think it was tough on everybody. Um, you know, players, coaches, fans, front office, media, everybody. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and too, like you're going to be developing players. Like last year you were not good and you didn't really develop any players along the way either with all those losses. Um, so, so yeah, I think that, that for sure, when you add in the development component, this it's, it, it'd be hard for me to say that this wouldn't be a step in the right direction. To conclude, I, I, I might, if you're okay with that, I might throw some rapid fire uh, yes or no, or just kind of rapid fire questions at you and see what, see what you think if you're okay with that. All right. Day one is, well, okay. I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Wow. Hot start. Yeah. (laughs) I had to think about that one a little bit. Um, I guess day one or out of training camp, how many rookies make the, make the final roster? I'm going to say three. Okay. Do you think that, Diamond Miller is a day one starter. No, but I think she should be. Do you think will the okay, what what seed do you think that that the Lynx will get um in the 12 team breakdown of the of the league this year? Eight. This is not a yes or no question, I guess, but um who do you think is gonna win the title in 2023? Oh man. Um, that's, that's tough. That is tough. Um, I'd have to say the aces just because they've done it before. Um, and, and like team chemistry matters so much. And, and there's so many new pieces with that, um, with that New York team that, that I just think, you know, having the familiarity that they all have with each other and really only adding, um, you know, one piece in, in, in Parker, 
uh, one big piece, um, if you will, I think, um, you know, makes it a lot easier for them than, than having like, like two players come in who are better than your best player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, that that's going to matter quite a bit. Do you think that the the rookie of the year in 2023 is on the Lynx roster? I am going to say probably not. Um, like, I think it'll probably be Aaliyah just because I think that, like, so much of that comes down to how you play in the first five, seven, ten games of the season. Like, she's going to play a ton. Um and I just think that, like, even if Aaliyah was far and away the best rookie the first 10 games and faded a little bit over the final 30 and Diamond Miller didn't play as much the first 15 and then was awesome the last 25, like, I just, it's so hard to reverse what people think after the first few weeks of the season in, in that award specifically that you're just kind of playing catch up. And um, but but, you know, I think like with how much this team's going to want to push the pace, there's going to be so many opportunities for Diamond Miller to score, um, even in the half court, even if her three point shot isn't, um, you know, where some people might hope it to be. Um, I, I certainly think that she'll have a chance. Um, but but I just think when when you have such a clear cut, you know, number one pick, it's just I mean, I mean, you look at the WNBA, you look at the NBA, you, I mean, it, it the, the way that the league promotes the number the leagues promote their number one players are so similar and it's just so hard to so hard to to undo that so who knows i mean but but then again like you think about when when crystal won it or when fee won it like not the number one pick like kind of kind of came out of nowhere in a sense in 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 the year that, that crystal won it so um who knows um you know all you need is an opportunity and i, and I certainly think diamond will have the the opportunity that she needs well cool jack well thank you thank you for joining um that that's all i have for for rapid fire questions for well oh, okay hold on one 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 more that now that i just thought of it in the press conference introdu- introductory press conference uh diamond miller talked about this her favorite reality tv show she said she's a big reality tv show or reality tv fan her favorite reality TV show is Love is Blind. What is your favorite TV show? It could be reality TV. It could be just TV show in general. I was going to say, if you made me pick reality TV show, I was going to say the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, <laughs> uh, with, with everything that's gone on uh, on that side of the house. But I don't know. My favorite TV show like of all time is tough. Um I, I, this is like a cop out that I'll give a, a couple just because I, I don't know if I could, if I could pick one um white collar is up there um suits is definitely up there um man um i like homeland is up there just finished watching that show pretty recently um i thought prison break was fantastic when i when i watched i haven't watched it in a while that's my all-time favorite Um, prison break yeah wow there we go um Man, I, I I'm so bad at like these on the spot. You have to think about <laughs> think back to to all these different shows. Like, um, yeah, I I feel pretty comfortable with with that top three. I'm probably missing something that, um, oh, Money Heist. I thought Money Heist was fantastic on Netflix. Um, probably not in the actually. I'd probably put it above Prison Break. 
So I'd say top three, probably in whatever order, white collar, homeland or white or top four. Yeah. White collar, homeland suits and, and money heist. Okay. The reason I'm asking is because I need new TV show soon. So I, I you yeah, see me jotting I'm, down. I'm on in the that side. too. I just finished Brooklyn nine, nine last night. So, um, so I, I feel you on that fantastic show, by the way. So I'll have to, I'll have to check that out too. Speaking of checking, uh, checking things out, where where can people find you once again on on social media, on on all of your written content and and everything else? Yeah, you can follow me on my burner account at Canis Hoopus, C A N I S H O O P U S. That that's obviously uh, that's obviously our site's Twitter account, um, but uh, I'm also active on my my personal account um, at Jr Borman thirteen, um, and then obviously. All of our content at, at CandiceSupers.com. It's going to be a, a super fun season between um, between uh, Leo Mitchell and, and myself. So um, and, and who knows, maybe some, some more people getting in on the fun, too. So super excited and um, and a ton of fun to, to be with you and uh, and can't wait to do it again soon. Yeah, well, thank you. And I, I know I talked to you about this uh, earlier. And I talked to Leo about this, too. We'll have to do before the season starts, we'll have to maybe do a a Canis Hoopus kind of round table and, and talk about the season. So um, for listeners, uh, more to come on that. And we will uh, be patiently awaiting the start of the training camp, which is right around the corner and the start of the season. But Jack, thanks again. Had a blast. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining another episode of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news analysis and coverage. Thank you once again to Jeremy Rushing for uh, producing this podcast every week. And a shout out to our newest patrons, uh, Katie and Jeremy, who joined uh, patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood um, to get all the exclusive perks, um, coverage, information, news, um, all the above on there. There's there's a ton of good content that's, that's posted there um, that you don't get everywhere else. So please, uh, if, if you're able to, um, consider checking that out and and supporting um, this podcast. Um, and I also want to give a, a little bit of a plug to our weekly newsletter that we're starting. Um, I am starting a Hitting the Hardwood newsletter that will be sent out weekly, um, and that's that's free to, to sign up for. You can find information on Hitting the Hardwood on Twitter. Um, that is at Hitting Hardwood, or you can check out my, my uh, Twitter account as well. Um, that is m underscore hansen13 h-a-n-s-e-n 13 Um, and you can find all of that newsletter information Um, you can sign up for it you'll get it right into your inbox every week it'll come out every wednesday Um, and if you want to get more frequent um, newsletters patrons will actually get some monday wednesday and friday um, with a little bit of an exclusive twist to, to each one of those newsletters with with different information included each time So once again, thank you for joining, and we will see you next week. Three, two, one.